This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Yeah, there it is, folks. Matt has punched the button. The red light is on. It's the afternoon. And what a sensational afternoon. What a great day it is to be alive here in this uh, rather lovely place, the glorious Prague of the South, Melbourne. Can you dig it? And um, a big welcome to all those people, wherever you might be, whenever you might be listening. Hi, it's Edith here on 3 RFM. My name is Cameron Smith. Across from you, I have... Hello, Cameron. I'm Matt Stedman. How are you? You are. Yes. Not the uh, not those facsimile, Matt Stedman. We're going to get the <laughs> no, real no, no. thing today. The real deal. And um, a huge thanks for tuning in here on 3 RFM. Scientists, Wow. You yes, guys, you guys rock. Yes, and doctors as always. Hmm. What a good station! What yeah. a good thing to be a part of. And uh, we've got an hour of food for you, and you, and you, and all those people. Um, who have we got today? Well, uh, Guy Grossi is. Um, oh, he's doing. He's doing some warm up exercises at the moment. He's, he's doing uh, some stretches and star jumps. Getting <laughs> star jumps, calisthenics. He's getting ready to have a chat because uh, there is something very, very exciting regarding. Tomatoes. It's uh, Posada time of year. It's that time of year. It is indeed. One of the great things about uh, the Italian cucina, the Italian society, is mm. the whole notion of self-sufficiency and getting together family to make things. Mm. And you can almost tell the time of the year by looking at your watch and going... <gasps> It's nearly tomato time. And uh, there's going to be a tomato festival, and Guy's going to have a chat about that. And then we're just going to relax and pour ourselves a cup of tea because Guy Grossi gets us all hot under the colour and, <laughs> and gets us all excited. So we might just need to... A soothing cuppa. ...chill on out. And um, we've got Hannah from Storm in a Teacup making waves in the in world of infusions. Yes. Yes. It's an interesting... Because uh, coffee's stolen all the glory in the last 10 years. They've stolen the thunder. They have. Everyone just... Sometimes you just want a cup of tea. You've had all the fuss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, no, this barista things. Mm. Anyway, no. we're going to talk about um, tea. It's all the varieties that, uh, that A, stem from the leaf of... Uh, was it Camellia cincennis, I think it is? Mm. Anyway, Hannah knows that. Yes. Um, and also about infusions and stuff and what's going on down there in Smith Street at yeah. uh, her place, Storm in a Teacup. And a small Storm in a Teacup has started in downtown Northcote where Scott Pickett yes. has changed direction. Yes, Estelle. Estelle. Indeed. Yes. So um, always a pleasure to talk to Scotty Pickett. And he's going to be in a little bit later on. So we've got some people to talk to. Yeah. We better get a move on, shall we? Um, before we start, I think I found some sort of a quote. Is it yes. any good? Let's see. Uh, okay. Run it past me, and then if it's good, we'll use it. It's Harriet von Horn from Vogue. Of course it is. Uh, 1956, early Vogue. Um, and she says, cooking is like love. And maybe this is topical after Valentine's Day. Yes. It should be entered into with abandon or not at all. Thanks, Harriet. We'll call you. Yes. <laughs> we'll get back to you, babe. I don't mind that. Do you not mind that? Six or seven out of ten. Six or seven? Yeah. What do you think, folks, out there? What do you give it? Uh, one thing we do give, we want to say a big good day to a man in his car at the moment. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's what he said to me. Oh, really? Raymond Capaldi. This goes out to you, my friend. He, uh, he had a significant birthday. Happy uh, birthday, Raymond. Yeah, and we just want to say a very, very... Happy birthday to you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, good on you. And um, I think we're going to get him on the show soon. Yes, he was potentially going to be our Heston correspondent. Because God knows you and I can't get in. Uh Uh-uh. No, no. (laughs) Not a chance. Me immortals like (laughs) you and I. And even if we could, the bill might be a bit of a stumbling block as well. Yeah, bill shock. Woo! Forget forget, um, electricity companies. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Raymond, happy birthday to you. Um, Also, we need to just acknowledge the fact that... uh, Hmm. Yoast. Yes, friend of the show, Yoast Take Baker. It. Yes, yeah. was uh, actually featured this week in the August uh, publication, the New York Times. Yeah, and no it less. wasn't even August, it was February. I know. 
But, yeah, um, yeah no, good to see you. What does uh, August mean? I don't know. It means good. Yeah, I'll look it up. Augustine, like meaning... Yes. Uh, Upstanding. Yeah, okay, anyway. Yeah. But, but, yeah, New York Times, tick. Weird, so, Yost is making waves internationally, which is great. We'll, t- we'll actually tweet a link to that little article so you can have a read. It's quite a long article. It's very good. Yes. Hmm. Yes, the, uh, the self-sufficient one. Yes. Well, actually, in, you know, just great examples of how we can change our lives. Uh, one step at a time. Um, have a look at it. Mm. Twelve oh seven here. I need. It. We should probably get moving because yeah, um, guy's got to get moving too. So yeah. we're going to drag him in the studio, and we're going to have a chat to him about the tomato. Twelve oh eight and a half. Uh, we have here, and we are delighted to have uh, in front of us in the studio live, <laughs> ready to go to lunch. But he's chatting to us now. Guy Grassi. Buongiorno. Hey, buongiorno. How are and, you? And I am still alive. Thank you for noticing that. That's good. Very. And, it, and it, it is probably only because of this splendid coffee that Cab has made for me. I tell you what, I, I'm drinking it very slowly. Are I'm you? just savouring it. It's yeah. beautiful. Well, we got um, we got good beans, and uh, the coffee machine was recently serviced, actually. Oh, well, that must mm. be. I thought it was we, just we, because you were such a budding barista. That's all. So. A budding barista. Yeah. Yes, no, I'm flowering in the... In, in my ways. I'm just like a little flower of barista. Anyway, but um, we're here to have a chat to you, and uh, the the way that I, I thought we might um, talk about it is the fact that um, Italians can tell the time by looking around them, and they will know that there are things to do with each season. And, like, in the middle of winter, we make salami. You make, we make salami. We make the salami. We make, we make the, the salami. Yeah. We kill, kill the pig and bleed the pig and cut the pig and, and do all that stuff. Bang! And, um, and I always find it so therapeutic, boning an animal like really? that. Like a lamb or a pig, a whole animal. It's just one of the most beautiful parts of being a chef to me is just cutting through that meat and all the different joints and everything. Some people think I'm a bit weird because of that. I like classical music playing in the background when I do it too. Do you think that's a bit weird? God, it sounds a bit Goodfellas. It's a bit Joe Pesky there. No, but the, but that's the thing is that you ultimately show a great respect to this animal that has given itself for you to make all these things and... And, well, and you, keep you going. You can do it no greater honour than taking care with it and making sure you cut it just so mm. and ensuring that every bit of the animal is used. No waste. No he waste. He said, being an Italian, and I'm, I'm doing the waving the index finger He's as a good Italian finger. does. The finger. I thought but, you just wanted me to leave the room. I was a bit <laughs> worried. You just got here, buddy. <laughs> but um, uh, let's forget about killing pigs and meat and all that sort of stuff. Um, a far more uh, gentle sort of thing from the botanical side of things, shall we? Shall we say? Is uh, this is the time where we pass the tomato through the uh, the machine to make the sauce? Yes, and it is a very again another amazing ritual in the Italian in the Italian calendar. Yeah, and it's uh, it's an amazing ritual for many reasons, Cam. It's an amazing ritual because. Culturally, it is about bringing people together on that day yeah. where the tomatoes are crushed, <coughs> lovingly crushed, yes. and put into the bottles and then cooked and allowed to cool overnight so that you can enjoy those that burst of summer freshness all through the winter months. It sustains you for it, it sustains you for a whole year, doesn't it? It does. Well, if you make enough of it, of course. Well, that's um, the idea, though. That's isn't the it? idea. That's the idea behind it. So you take that lovely, rich, ripe freshness of the of the summer and bottle it for the winter months. And um, what happens when you do this? The act of doing it is about it brings people together, brings yeah. families together, friends together. And, of course, there's always food to be had. Mm. There's always beautiful vino to be had. Yes. So, in actual fact, it turns in to a party, a festival. Now, we'd been growing tomatoes with our friend Joe Ferranda, who very kindly allows us to use part of his farm to grow our tomatoes. Um, what variety? You, like a, just a good Roma? Uh, uh, well, we've done Roma. This year we've put in San Marzano because... Because just because they're a great variety for making passata. Gotcha. So a couple of years ago, I said to my sister Liz, "You know what? We should have a party celebrating the harvest of these tomatoes." Well, that party has now grown into this festival, yes, which we're having out at Farm Vigano, and we've got some amazing people coming along to it. We've got Fabrizia coming from Sicily, Fabrizia Lanza. Yes. She's going to be doing, she's a chef from Sicily, from near Palermo in the country. Si. Um, she's going to be doing a demonstration. We've got Frank Camara coming. We've got Rosa Mitchell coming, just to name a few. you got that, the corn dog out. We've Richard got the corn Cornish. dog. He's coming to talk to us about 
b- growing things in a harmonic way so the world can flourish. I, I, can I just say, I love the mind of Richard Cornish. He's a thinker. Oh, he is. He's, He's one of his funniest all get out as well. I've heard, him, I've heard him been described as the thinking woman's sex symbol. I don't know how much of that's true. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it for me, Cam. I've got to say. I didn't even want to go there. And I hope he's not listening to the show. Me too. Because he may not come to the festival anymore. Thinking, yeah, okay. Anyway, so, um, okay, so Rosa, Rosa Mitchell. We've got Rosa Mitchell. Yeah. She's coming along, and that's that's going to be fantastic because we know how passionate she is about Italian food. Yeah. But it's not just about the chef's demos and the talks because um, we got some really interesting people like Nick, I- Nick Rose. For Sorry, I'm interrupting. Nick Rose from um, the Australian uh, Food Sovereignty Alliance. He's coming along as well. He'll be talking with the corn dogs. What's the Food Sovereignty Alliance? It's all about... Um, Trying to get people to grow things in a sustainable manner. Yes, fair enough. Okay. And we'll be doing a panel discussion on that, so it's going to be really interesting. And my good mate... Oh, my good mate. Look at me. Ownership. Hilary McNevin. Oh, she's Great wonderful. person of Isn't her own. Doesn't, doesn't she's my good mate, too. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, and, and, okay. She, and she yeah. rocks, and she'll be moderating that. And I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. Saying, And I've got to say that I'm very, very excited about this. First of all, let's talk about the location, because the location so far as uh, cultural history yes. is is very, very important, it? Isn't is it is very important. Let me you, give you... You said Farm Vergano. Let's let's flesh that out very farm quickly. Farm Vergano. I'm going to give you the quick version, because I know we're always... We've got so much to say on Show. No, 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 no. So, yeah. Well, Mario Vigano, referred to as Mr. Mario in the old days, Mr. was a, Mario was a restaurateur back in the mid twenties, yeah. and and he and he ran his restaurant in Exhibition Street, Mario's, all through the sixties as well. So he was in there for a long time. Mm. Around that time, he bought the farm out in um, out in um, South Morang yes. to grow vegetables, and it became a bit of a social hub because they had the family home there, and they used to host great parties out there, apparently, from what I've been told. And it was a great holiday place, too. Holiday, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, you wouldn't think of it as a holiday destination now because it's all built as housing estates and so forth. But not, not back in, in, back days, in those days, it was a trek, and it was yeah. and it was the holiday home, the weekend home. Now, mm-hmm. Mr. Mario was very significant in my life because it was he that brought out my father in 1960 as a chef. Indeed. So there was a kind of like a bit of a connection there. Now, when um, Farm Vigano came under threat of being demolished and becoming one of the housing estates, um, a committee was formed called Friends of Farm Vigano, and they asked me, very flatteringly I might say, asked me to be the patron to try and get some traction and some public interest up. Right. And that worked. So it got took over and it got got some government funding, uh, and it's been saved. And now a a group called Mint um, runs it, and they've renovated it, and it's looking glorious. So when we decided to do this festival, we felt that that site was really fitting culturally. Absolutely. Um, it's, it, from a, a historical point of view, it's very, very important. For me, um, I first recall um, Mieta O'Donnell's... Um, uh, grandfather. Uh, yeah, amusing. This was the place that she went on her, her holidays. So mm-hmm. I was sort of aware of this when you mentioned the fact that you were going to have it here. And, and that's one thing I'm actually very excited to do is to actually go there and see this place. Which will be, which will be I really, really good. You will love it once you see it. And it, people, when they see it for the first time, think to themselves, oh, wow, I never even knew this place was here. And it's amazing. But it's amazing in a kind of backyardy kind of way. Yes. Dare I say it, it's very wog. Like, yeah. the house is like that. It's just evolved over time. You don't go, you can't go there expecting Rip and Lee. It's not that kind of, it's not that kind of place. But yes. it is, be- it's not, it's not it is beautiful. Beaches. It is beautiful because it yeah. represents exactly what it's meant to. That whole influx of Italian culture, and that's what the festival is all about. Indeed. It's about celebrating the harvest, but also celebrating what a great city we've become because of the influx of all the different cultures that we have. Indeed. That's why we can and, have and Frank Camara as our token Spaniard there. You know, it's, yeah. not, just, it's not just for the Italians. No, I want to put no. that out there. But it's also about cultural traditions and, and maybe what by doing this... God, is, I'm getting passionate. I Cam, love it. I can't stand it. I know. I love it, but... Cultural traditions, it's very, very important. And you don't have to be a wog to have your own cultural traditions. No. You can appropriate that because that's one of the great things about being in this country, as you say, maybe the most successful, multi, successful multicultural nation, really, mm. and especially Melbourne mm. personifies Melbourne, that. I mean, amazing. So what I'm saying is that if you, if it's, you, you don't have a big 
Woggy family. A whole bunch of Italians around. You can start and learn about making your own sauce. Get into the the notion of self sufficiency because, let's face it. First of all, you you save a lot of money if you make your own sauce. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But the important thing, as well as saving money, is that you do you bring people together, you celebrate together. It doesn't have to be family. Maybe there can be a whole bunch of it's friends, of you that it's do family, that. it's everybody. And and as you say, yes, it doesn't matter about because we are now we consider ourselves. We started this new thing. We we love to call ourselves the Melbourne Easy. We're no longer yes. the Milanese, we're the Melbourneese. Yeah, yeah. And anybody can join the Melbourneese movement. It doesn't matter where you're from. And it's that's the whole idea is bringing people together to understand food more. Like, okay, a tomato grows out of the earth. Isn't that amazing? You don't just get it on a supermarket shelf. It actually grows from the ground. And you can have all these different varieties and species of tomatoes that are wonderful for all sorts of different purposes. That's step one. Step one. Step step two is you're bringing the people together to actually make the tomato. So you actually are doing something which is very social. And this all comes back to the dinner table. I believe there's been a shift where we've moved away from the dinner table or the lunch table as families, as friends, and now we're starting to bring that back. Indeed. And socially, that's really so important. It's important for our children. It's important for generations moving forward. It's important to understand that that's the spot. It's The food is the medium that brings you there, but it's the spot where you actually socialise and talk and get to know one another and get to know if one of your young ones is having an issue or they're just happy. Isn't it nice to know when they're just happy? Yeah, and yeah. if you don't have – if you cut that step out, <laughs> the distance in families, the distance between – culturally between communities becomes w- wider and wider and wider. And that's what – festival, the harvest, all these things are all about. And the next step, that's step two, and Mm. the next step is about making sure that the food is grown in the right way so that you can sustain the soil into the future and you can keep using it and you're good to it and it will be good to us back. Cry. It's beautiful. I know, I know. I know, that's... And now I didn't. No, but you, you, I've been rehearsing that for months to come on. Oh my god! No, that was that was a bit bravo. No, quite seriously. I mean, you know, you speak truth, guy. Uh, it these things have been lost to a certain extent, but um, I, I think by having things like this, we celebrate it and we bring people close together, and everybody learns, don't they? Stuff. How, um, first of all, are there any spaces left for this? There's a very small amount of tickets left. If you go to um, melbournetomatofestival.com, you can buy them online. Um, it is selling really fast. 25 uh, bucks, isn't it? Yeah, 25 for big people, and I think it's, or from memory, I think it's 10 for it's little people. Less, less for the and for little And for little, little people, it's free. <laughs> the bambinos. But you, you've got all sorts of other fun things happening as if well. If you That's, can fit in a pram, you get in for free. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, right, oh, okay. Gee, I never thought of that. Yeah, that nice. Could, that could be you. I know. Um, ah, man. The other thing about the festival, not to continually bang on about the festival, but we've got some fun stuff happening too. There's some great vendors there showing their wares and selling beautiful food like the Salamisti and um, Johnny's going to be there for Cattuccetogradi doing the pizzas. Enoteca Seleno is doing pasta and risotto on the day. So there's... And, really? And, yeah. And, Sean um, Portelli coming up to... Ooh. Wow. And we got some... It, real- is, it, it is... Can I just say, Guy, it really is... It's a roll call and a little bit of a who's who. When you talk about a quality little thing, this is certainly... John Portelli's coming and I'm going to make... Wow. Okay, that's... Uh, I think that's cool, don't you think? I think it's really, like, way cool. Um, all right, so it's happening. I'm getting the wind-up from Matt because he gets like that. Oh, um, so come it's on, on, Matt. Uh, Mel- so what is it? Where do we go again? You go to melbournetomatofestival.com.au. Done. Okay, and I've got a question. Before you do go, we talk about seasonality. We talk about these fleeting sort of moments where things become at absolute perfection. I would put to you, Guy Grossi, mm. I just like doing that and being a little I dramatic. I am putting to you the fact. I wish your Fiche. listeners could see that. Fiche. The figs are in. Fiki, Fiki. Oh, Fiki, yeah. Fiki. See, I'm not too good. He, uh, he, he's got the passion, but the accent is no good. Uh, figs are in. What do you right do now? with them? What do you do? What do you do? Oh, Tell what me. do you do with them? What do you do with them? You go into the cool room, take one, sneak it out, and smash it open and eat it. That's yeah. what you do with them. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, that's what I do with so, them. So, as a but, singular but, pleasure, but, there is nothing better but. Oh, but. when they're fig, it, it, when it's juicy and plump. And, and warm. And full and warm and moist off the tree. It's the best way to eat the fig. Oh. 
oh my god, it's just divine. And also, but, when you fought off the blackbirds, yeah. yeah, they can be dangerous. They can. Yeah, wear a helmet. But the uh, the nicest thing I think to do with figs is really keep it super simple. Um, slice some Galoni Brothers prosciutto huh. and just break the figs open. Yeah. Drape it, drape it, drape it over this sensual almost. Shall I say it? Oh. Sexual fruit. Oh my god! And yeah. then just eat it. A little bit of olive oil. Uh, that's the ultimate for me. Just a simple thing like that. Although it can be great on a pizza pie as well. Yeah. And down at Ombra, we make some beautiful pizzas. And you, you do make good pizzas. Oh, at thank Ombra. you, thank you. We try our best. No, great. We crap. try our best. It's like, right. it's a passion. We want it to be real and authentic. Forty-eight hour fermentation. We're very, very, um, we're very passionate about the pizzas we make there. Um, and, you know, the best way to do it is once the pizza's cooked, a pizza bianca, cut the fig fresh and throw it on. Bang! You know, you're always authentic. Guy Grossi, looking forward to uh, the Tomato Festival. It happens on the first day of autumn. There are still tickets around. It's an important place. It's an important idea. There's going to be some great people there. Guy Grossi, as always, thanks for coming on. Glad you enjoyed the coffee, I love too. the coffee, and I have to say, I always love being here. Thanks, boys. Clockwise. Right. 1224, we're going to have a nice cup of tea after this. Hannah's here. Yeah! And that's how it ends. Boom. Just like that. On the one. Yeah. Those uh, good sort of funky things too. Who was that? That was Dr. John. Yeah, it was. And uh, what a delight it is to be uh, looking across at, uh, first of all, all this gorgeous tea that has been poured out by Hannah Dupre. I like that. Uh, it's a great name. Hannah Thanks. from Storm in a Teacup, welcome to the uh, the microphones of Triple R. This is the first time you've been here? This is the first time I've been here. Bang! Good go. one. Hey, nice. And um, water poured on leaves. What's water. that all about? You know, just, uh, just I thought I'd throw it open. Um, it, you, we're talking about, um, well, making a living from infusions, I suppose, would be sort of a... A general sort of way to do it, and this is at your place, Storm in a Teacup, forty-eight A Smith Street. That's correct. Correct. Yep. Tick. Um, first of all, how? Why? How did you get involved in this stuff? Um, the world's making coffee here. It seems. Why would totally. you want to do tea? Totally. For that very reason. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted a life change. I wanted to do something different, and I, so I looked around in Melbourne. Yeah. What What's out there? What do we love? What do we do that isn't really being represented as well as it should be? And tea was the clear, the clear the, winner. It was the clear solution. There we go. Shall we say? Sorry, bang, punster, <laughs> um, punishing cam. And um, did you have? Okay, have you been a tea drinker? Have you been interested in the whole notion of this, or was this just something you went nah? Bugger it, I'm going to do this. I was a herbal tea drinker. I was a Tisan drinker before the business. Tisan, um, can you define Tisan so for tisane us? So Tisan is a an infusion. Yes. Um, but specifically from anything that's not tea. Not, so not Camellia sinensis. Exactly. Yeah, that, so that, that thing. It's a shrub that's indigenous to uh, southern China, north of Vietnam. So it's, it's related to the Camellia that we grow for flowers? It pretty much looks exactly the same. Yeah, right. And, um, and it's like these trees that are kept trimmed down. Some are. Some, some are. go wild. Do they? Yeah. Tea plantations look really good, don't they? They these, do. These verdant, they do. They beautiful... Do. Yeah. Wild tea forests, I've never been to one, but yeah. apparently look a, a lot more amazing. I'll bet they do. So let's get back. So we were talking about um, doing um, herbal stuff. Yeah. Um, tisans. So, tisans, peppermint, which, chamomile, which, which were infusions. Things. And um, you thought to yourself, hmm, there's a lot in these, uh, these leaves from this camellia. Yeah, totally. I sort of... I, I mean, originally when I started, I thought that green tea was a, a herbal tea. I didn't realise that it was came from the same plant as black tea. Yes. So I thought I should check in and see what's going on with this green tea, and that's when I discovered that there is black tea, white tea, oolong. And when we talk are, about turning tea into from going from green to black, what are we doing? You're changing the way it's processed after it's been picked. And we're actually fermenting it, aren't we not? Well, is there a fermentation? Pu'er is the only truly fermented tea. Yes. Um, it's oxidisation. Oxidisation. Oh, oxidation, yeah. To make the tea for the nation. Okay, so um, you were saying to me, and I, I hadn't really realised this, that, yeah, we have um, yeah, green tea, oolong tea, 
lapsang suchong, you know, a whole bunch of things are all from the same leaf, are they not? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, white tea is just picked off the tea bush and then dried either in the sun or in a dehydrator. Mm. Green tea has is actually not oxidised at all. It has heat applied to it as quickly as possible after it's been picked to preserve that freshy, beautiful, lively grassiness that's in tea so, leaves intrinsically. So, so just to take away that moisture, which would um, cause it to well, rot. So the stabilising happens after that, that heating process, and that, yep. that, that is the, the hot air, whereas it's a dry heat in Japan, I mean in China that's applied to green tea, but it's a steaming that happens in Japan, which is why centres have that amazing grassy, seaweedy, savoury, wet characteristic that they do, and that's through the wet processing. Because there are a, there's a whole bunch of no okay so we think about I don't know the tea in the tea bag that we have that we um, make our cup of tea but there's there's a whole there's a whole spectrum isn't there There's twenty thousand different types of like recognised types of tea in the world That's from that one bush There goes Matt He's writing down twenty thousand I bet you are aren't you He's scribbling madly Yeah yeah So tw- so and with with your place, mm-hmm. Storm in a Teacup, what sort of things did you want to provide um, for consumers here in Melbourne? Um, I wanted to provide a space where people can come and drink single origin teas alongside herbal teas and blends, but specifically have access to, you know, stunning single estate teas made by tea masters who've been doing what they've been doing for hundreds of years. Some of those teas are wild teas, some are ancient teas, some are new plantation teas. Yeah. And, yeah. and how are you finding – what are people saying to you as they're, as they're trying Those these – minds are blown constantly. Really? You know, it, it, it's – it's. I mean, I, I had that experience when I discovered what tea was, and that's my favourite thing about the job is watching people discover just how incredible it is. Like people come in, oh, I, I like tea, you know, I love Earl Grey or I love this. and I, So I find a tea that's a bit similar to what they love but that is – And then skew them a off a little tea. bit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And just open their minds to, to what, what there is. Yeah, gotcha. And um, you've brought in something. We've got an infusion here. Mm-hmm. What is it? Tell us about what, what's what's in this gorgeous so glass. It is a cold infusion of an oriental beauty from a farm called The Well in Beipu, Taiwan. Cold infusion. All right, let's start with that because that's probably... So how do you make this? So you put tea yes. in a jar or a flask or a jug nice and then put cold water or room temperature water on it and you let it sit for about 20 minutes. This 20 minutes? This, is this that is, all? That's it, that's when it will start to, to taste. Wow. Yeah, this okay. has been in here for about an hour. Yeah, right. Um, but because it's cold, because you haven't got that heat activating it really quickly, it's, it's not so volatile, you get a much more gentle, drawn-out, slow, sort of subtle infusion rather than – like when you, when heat's applied, you've really got to watch your time. And the tannins haven't come out of it exactly, either, have they? Exactly, exactly. So you're not extracting all those – grippy tanniny right. sort of things yeah which is this general i mean it's like with wine you need tannin in your tea to provide structure for the flavor yeah but if there's too much of it it takes over and it's a bit bitter dry and you, it, that like green tea should not be bitter becomes sort of bitter and twisted like yeah. cabinet of um, our federal government <laughs> <laughs> um yes uh but um matt Come on, you come on, come on in here. Buddy. So the first thing you'd notice about this drink that we can see, but the it's listeners can't, is the colour. It looks. I, I would compare that to a sort of a buttery chardonnay sort of colour. Yeah, it, it looks like white wine, as and it's got the same sort of viscosity. In fact, it's a little bit more viscous. Yeah, uh, and it, it, can you take us through the? What, what are we yeah, smelling totally. here? So, uh, the, what are you getting? Um, there's honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. Yeah, there is too. There's a, there's a minerality in there. Yeah. Um. It's really look. It it's really beautiful to drink. It is so. What do you think of the taste of it? It's, it's quite gentle. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Um, what makes Oriental Beauty so special is that oh, it's it's, it's a little like Botrytis Riesling. It, it rather than a mold coming and attacking the grapes, a bug comes and attacks the leaves, and their little tiny little mouths biting on the leaves begin an oxidization on the plant, really? and so that you've got it sort of a two week. Gentle oxidation rather than, you know, your two to six hour oxidation. Noble tea rot. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Never heard of that. Yeah. So oh, that's where the that's great when you want them. Okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> okay. So we've learned, I've, uh, first of all, I've learned that I can make tea without boiling water. Yep. <gasps> Who would have thunk it? That just seems, it's, it's like Hannah's coming in here with crazy talk. <laughs> but it actually works. QED, quantum ergo demonstratum. It's in front of us. It tastes great. It's so fragrant. It's such a beautiful color and it, yeah, it tastes really, really good. And I can imagine 
stupid hot day, that would be so refreshing. Totally. Wouldn't it? Totally. And that's 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 my favourite thing about tea is that it is that refreshing. Because it has caffeine in it, it, it gives you a, a sort of <coughs> stimulation, that sort of uplifting thing of caffeine, but it also has L-theanine in it, which is a calming compound. It's an amino acid that sort of takes those sort of jagged edges off the caffeine. So it sustains you while it's calming your mind. Say that again, L-theanine. L-theanine. Theanine. 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 Okay, homework for, yeah. for us. Matt, you didn't write that down, buddy. He's on the computer. Yes. He just thought he'd rip, he's, he's ripping off the library from seeing what he wants the album of the week. And fair enough, too. So it's yin and yang in the cup. So Absolutely. it's uplifting yet it's soothing as well. Mm-hmm. And do we lose that if we pour boiling water? That nope. no, it's still there. Okay, all. that's still good. Um, making tea like uh, an infusion. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, infusion sort of uh, supposes that it's heat. That's a maceration, isn't it? If we want to get all yeah, blah 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 totally, about it, yeah, anyway, totally. whatever. But should if you're making tea, should the water be boiling? When Depends on the type of tea. If Go it's on. black tea, it should definitely be, be boiling. Yes. Um, white tea, you want about 85 degrees. Green tea, you want 70 degrees. Oolongs, anywhere from 80 to 95, depending on how heavily oxidised they are. Mm. Poor, boiling, boiling, boiling. Which and one? Which one? Poor. So that's the only oh. truly fermented tea. What's poor? Um, it is uh, tea from southern China. Yes. It is made like a, a green tea. But before it's had the dry heat applied to it to stabilise it, gotcha. it's pressed into a cake and then it's left either in a cave, in a horse's saddle, or now in climate-controlled, you know, factory rooms. Yes. Um, <laughs> we, we, here's one we replicated <laughs> yeah, 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 in, yeah, exactly, in a lot nicer exactly. than having and all these poor guys riding around with, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that, that's how it started. <laughs> yeah. Don't come back until the tea's done, buddy. Clonk, clonk, clonk. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then it, that, that tea is left to, to ferment, to age in the way that wine ages. All gotcha. The, the, the raw, sort of harsh, sort of attacking flavours that, that are present in fresh, like if you chewed on a camellia leaf, it, it's yes. quite sort of astringent and sharp. Those tannins come out. Exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. but over time it, it, it mellows and sort of the flavor, the, the basic flavours that you're looking for in a really good raw uh, pua is tobacco and wet leather. Got tobacco and wet leather. Nice. Um, what happens when people come to your place in, in Smith Street? Tell us a little bit about your place. Um, Storm in a teacup. First of all, how yeah. long has it been open for? Three years we've been yeah. here. So a while. Yeah. And it's where it's tea and food, isn't it? It's tea and food. It's also We also do some tea cocktails and we have wine. So we want it to be a space that everyone can come and access. You don't have to be into tea. Yes, to, to come here and use the space, but we would like you to try tea when you're there. Yep. Um, and we, we brew tea in, in pots with, with, you know, we use timers and we, we, we measure the temperature of the water that goes into the pots. Um, some teas have multiple infusions. Some tea only have a single infusion. Mm. And that's, that's So if you want to get your geek on... Mm-hmm. If you want to get you your can, geek on, yeah. you should probably come down, because we've just got a pop-up on Swan Street in Richmond... Yes. ...where we're using a new machine called a Steampunk. Yes. ...which is... Sort of a cross between a French press and a siphon for yes. coffee. It was originally designed for uh, filter coffee, but it's a fully automated system that uses steam, hot water, and cold water with Whoa. pre-programmed agitations. Does it have a soundtrack? Pretty much. <laughs> Should pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that. So where about seeing? Where's the pop-up? It's on two one four Swan Street in Richmond. Two one four. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so you can come and check that out. Which sounds good. Or you can come to um, Smith Street. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember years and years ago. Actually, this is before even you were with me, Matty. Oh. We, I had Sam Twining mm-hmm. um, in, and that was pretty funny in the fact that this was at the old Fitzroy studio, and he was pretty much just horrified to be in a warehouse with me, mm. you know, <laughs> first of all. But, and I remember telling him that I didn't really like his Earl Grey much, and I liked Jackson's much. Yeah, that great didn't really endear much to me. But the one thing I got from good old Sam was the fact that he said that um, if you are going to pour boiling water, 100 degrees C, um, that you should bring it up to the boil and not boil it for too long because you 
you kill the water. You're boiling exactly. all the oxygen out of it and you make a very dull cup of tea. Exactly. And that's what's so amazing about the steampunk machine is because it uses cold water and steam, which both have a lot of oxygen in them, rather than just the hot water, which has the oxygen removed. Because that's where the brightness of flavour is, through. isn't it? Exactly. And and something that you yeah. should um, people should think about. A uh, couple of minutes, Matt's starting to do the wind-up thing. <laughs> Pot, tea bag, infusers. Any you recommend? Why well, should we try and stay away from tea bags? Okay. Loose leaf all the way. Okay, loose leaf all the way. May I? You know, one of the great things that I've discovered lately are those little mini infusers that are like a little yeah, thing even, on the even, balls. Even those guys, they they restrict the leaf. They don't allow the leaf to open up, so you only get sort of seventy percent of the flavour out of that leaf. So yes. just stick it in a cup and put some hot water on it. Do not constrain your leaves. Allow it to Let the control. leaves fly free. Exactly. Okay, that's good. Okay, that's something we can we can learn. Um, that is just a most delightful glass of tea. Mm. It's not a cup of tea because yeah. it's in a gorgeous um, thing. Congratulations on what you're doing. If people want to come down and see you, open from 10 to 6 every day, I think that's it was. It. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Come, open up your mind to these infusions. Absolutely. Yeah, Hannah, thank you so much for, for coming on. And, um, yeah, I hope lots of people come and see you because, well, they have already, haven't they? It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Hannah. You're on 3 R 1242. Estelle, change of direction yes. up there in Northcote. Scott what's Pickett's up with here. that? Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. Um, Scott Pickett's here. We're going to drag him in the studio once Matt plays this stuff. We're just going to pay for the mortgage. I got a saxophone and it's screaming at me. I got to find out who that is. Yeah, who is that screaming sax guy? Yeah. Uh, one person that never screams. <laughs> never. Uh, Scotty Pickett. Cam Smith, how are you? The, the, the quiet crooner in the kitchen. <laughs> Hi, guys. Could maybe we have table number three? No, don't worry if it's, you know, yeah, don't worry if you're a bit behind. Yeah. That's okay. Just chill out, everyone. Yeah, just whatever you're ready. Do you want a cuddle? Normal, how about I give one? you a cuddle? Yeah. yeah, big cuddle, big hugs and kisses. It's yeah. all like that in kitchens these days, isn't it? Sure is. You know, the 90s are gone, Cam. So. Caring and sharing all yeah. the way. No, yeah, you got to prop up Gen Y, you know. It's all right. You're doing a great job, mate. It's okay. You'll be okay. Don't worry. You'll get there. I love your work. Now, um, you, you know how to... Yes, I do, I do. You stormed in a teacup at both Estelle and St. Crispin, and I didn't recognise her out there, and then I heard, I'm like, hang on, that's Hannah, that's right. I think maybe she's changed her hair slightly from last time I saw her. Why why did I know? Because you're a highly evolved kind of guy that you would have heard of her and would be using her product. So there you go, just confirms that. Yeah, well, she's a good friend of um, our previous restaurant manager at Estelle Petey, who's at St. Crispin, and so... He knows that I love tea, and we're always looking to support the local sort of industry when we can, like, you know, White Open Road Coffee yeah. and Storm in a Teacup. So they've looked after us since they've started, I think. So that's great. And I drink it every night. I drink it's, tea every it, night. It's days. divine. The stuff that we've had in front of us is just – it is a revelation. It's mm. just so gentle and fragrant and, yeah, big ticks around. Big ticks Hopefully we'll see it in Florentino's mm. soon too. Maybe yeah, Guy maybe. Grassi will do it. But um, – uh, it's the beginning of the year. Yeah. Estelle. Start. Yeah, new start, new start. Well, just a little, uh, you know, change of direction, I suppose, Cam. was sort of, you know, St. Crispin's nudging two years already, which is just crazy. It's it only like, you know, I think June's two years. So what have we got? February's pretty much gone, March, April, May. So we're three months off two years. And, yeah. you know, you sort of reevaluate where you're at and what you want to do. And, um, you know, I wanted a new kitchen. You know, fundamentally, that's Did where you? this whole started, yeah. So this is was yeah. the start of the whole... This is like, the start of Next Door and everything we're doing and stuff, I suppose. Because you, you've done the backyard pretty well now. Backyard's that, completely finished and done. Covered, courtyard, vertical garden, new toilets, lots of wood, so... I was amazed... Not amazed. I was delighted in the fact that you said, Cam, we've got a book launch. Do you want to help me out? And I did, and I was really, really honoured about yeah, that. Yeah. And came... Um, to Estelle, and I remember when you first opened the place, and, yeah, and we yeah. came and visited you after the after the show one day. Outside. Yeah, wasn't I paving outside or something? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think building yeah, bricks, yeah, I think, yeah, or yeah, garden stuff, painting bricks, or getting yeah, the yeah. Barbie ready, or something yeah, like yeah. that. But where that's come to has just been incredible. But you've now decided that you want to. What do you want to do? Well, really, I suppose. Look, and as I said, it started because I need a new kitchen. I'm 40 next year, and I just can't continue to cook in that four square meter little thing that we do a thousand plates a night and i just felt that our direction and the food and where it was going was starting to maybe move away from 
you know, my grandmother's tiles a little bit. Really? Yeah. So I thought, well, I can redo the kitchen at Estelle, but it's still going to be tiny. Or our landlord owns next door, and I've always had an eye on that. So I thought, or I can build a new kitchen next door. So I thought, okay, great. I'll just do a whole new kitchen. So then the whole new kitchen was going to become the test kitchen, and I thought, well, let's be really out there and think outside the box. Let's do a test kitchen with tables, Cam, and call it a restaurant. <laughs> wow. So that's the next level sort of stuff. So I thought, okay, that's You're good. Crazy. I know. Crazy, actually. Scott's yeah, picket goes crazy on yeah, high crazy. Yeah, yeah. So then I thought, at first we thought, okay, maybe we'll just extend the Estelle and knock through the wall, because it used to be one building. Yes. Right, so it used to be connected. And then I thought, well, that's fine for three or four months of the year, but, you know, what about the other three or four months where there's a limited demographic that want to go out in High Street Northcote for an eight-course tasting menu on a Tuesday in June? Big tick there, buddy. And that's... Yep. That's the business and commercial reality of it. So I thought, well, if we double it, then I'm doubling my rent. The staff's going up. It's just going to be too hard. And then we're even moving further away from what we sort of initially set out to do. So you, had, you had, if I can just paraphrase, yeah. you had the, the bloody hell thought. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, this might get Jesus. a fair uh, Yeah, yeah. So I thought, well. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? You know, yeah. So now that we've got the space outside, as you said, and we seat 70 or 80, I thought, well, why don't we take Estelle back to what it was supposed to be at the start, hmm. you know, when we only had 32 seats and we had to obviously increase our average head spend and, you know, survive and do stuff and that's where the tasting menu was sort of driven past and I thought, well, why don't we do a whole new restaurant next door and keep that 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 sort of tasting menu reputation and that part of my creative brain and what we do and, you know, like keep evolving in the new space yeah. and drag the current site that I love. It's like... You know, it's like my firstborn uh, born child. It's like Absolutely. the first little daughter. And, you know, yeah. for, she's a great little business that just, you know, tucks along. And, you know, we spent so much money and blood, sweat and tears, you know, to renovate the back, as you saw. You know, Absolutely. when it used to have the, you know, the pink and grey outside and the fake ast astro turf and the was, banana lounges and everything. It was beautiful. It was cute. But it's just, you know, that's not us anymore. So I thought, well, let's do a bistro and take it back to the locals where I can cook food that I want to eat sort of once a week or once a month. You know, and what sort of food are you going to do? Come on, let's well, we do well. Give, give well, we're ten days in. Yeah, so oysters, charcuterie. I bought a nice big slicer, my dream slicer. So the two major what, one purchases of big, is it one of those big Italian? It's like the Burkle, but it's a Mancini, which is even better. It's yeah. cream. Well, they well look. They're a similar price point, but this one's a little bit low maintenance. And and is this the one that you, you you don't plug in? It's it's done by hand. Yeah, so it's that a manual it doesn't wheel. Warm. Yeah, yeah. But it's a manual wheel that you just slide and. So go. therefore, when you're having a charcuterie, you're yep. or salumi, if we're going to be Italian, yep. Yep. Um, the idea is that by doing it, so it's it's not electric. You're not getting the speeds up too much, and you're not melting that. Yeah, fat. exactly. That's, that's, that's just the most off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is great. So, you know, slow cooked lamb shoulders, big grass fed T bone. Sherwagyu Porterhouse, you know, Tuna Niswa, you know, so we're still offering the five course and the three course, but yeah. if you want to drop in on a Tuesday night and it's just you and the missus and you want to sit at the bar and have some oysters, charcuterie, a glass of red and maybe a little salad or something, you can. Or if you still want to come along and have our three or five course tasting menu, you can as well. So it's just bringing it back, you know, like to the people and making it more of that real local sort of place, you know. And, and have it your way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... You know, the fit, you know, the little touch up in the front room, lots of timber, lots of coppers. I mean, when I think bistro, I think warmth and I think wooden coppers. And that's exactly the direction that we've taken. And it looks absolutely stunning, Cam. Better than I, yeah, better than I expected. Your instincts are good, buddy. I gotta, I gotta say it. Um, the commercial realities of, mm. of, of running a business, you got two of them. Mm. Um, you've succeeded and, you know, what do you hear? I mean, testament, you know, that it, <laughs> it's yeah, okay yeah, I'm still here four years later. I'm yeah, still yeah. here, you bastards. Yeah, well, sort of like, well, that's how I see it, Cam. I oh, absolutely. Like and, I, I'm, I, and I'm sort of um, I'm, I'm half joking about that. But the thing that makes you guys so amazing is that, I'm, and I'm talking about restaurateurs, is that yeah. you have to be such a master of all different trades. You know what I mean? You have to understand about just, just the food and and then, you know, there's the, the whole thing. You've got to be a great marketer. You've got to be a great accountant. Blah, 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 blah. How's it going with all? I mean, running costs, for instance. How how are they going? Is it is it tougher than when uh, look, you first started? Yeah, definitely. I mean, really, prices haven't really increased that much. I would think from the early to mid nineties. I mean, our main courses at the bistro were twenty eight to thirty five dollars. Yeah, you know, the entrees are eighteen to twenty three. I mean, that's pretty much been a set price. And here's something we can all empathise. You know? Sorry to cut across you, no, buddy. Sure. Here's something we can all empathise. I'm just thinking of the, the listeners out there. Yeah. they've all seen their electricity prices go up. 
Yeah, and the cost of food and power and gas and then, you know, look... So you had, let's take electricity for a start. Yeah. You, you as a business, you've, you've, yeah. you've had... It's gone up? Crazy. And now what they do is they forget to bill you, right? So when we transferred to Crispinova... We, like we transferred it all, we got it all done, and we kept hounding them for bills. And about eight months later, our first bill arrives, $27,000. And I said, are you joking? I can't pay that right now. So then we had to go through Electricity bill was $27,000. For which place? That was for St. Crispin. And then I said, well, gee, I'm like, lucky that I haven't got one like that for Estelle. Then three weeks later... You know, speak of the devil, $14,000. Wow! Forty grand. I don't have forty grand in the bank, mate. Do you know what I mean? To pay that. So then you've got to call them and say, well, haven't we had a bill for not? Oh, you know, like it took oh, a little while to change the system over. I'm like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 500 bucks a week, and then when we catch up, then that's it. You can't just send me a bill for 40 grand or 30 grand and expect me to pay it next week, you mm. know? So, you know, that sort of stuff. Look, and I probably should have been onto it a little bit too, but... You know, you expect the bills are coming through, they're being paid, they're being organised. We pay everyone and, and you know, we use lots Jeez. of small business and small farmers and stuff. And you understand everyone, you know, when you're in a small business has got, you know, limited cash flow. You know, there's Absolutely. no partners in our business. There's just me and Joe Wins and Crispin, obviously. Mm. You know, when we were a bit short to start that up, you know, like Joe sold his car, his family car, because he had a lovely um, Subaru and he was a bit short. So he sold that and then borrowed his brother's 1982 uh, blue Falcon station wagon, you know, just to get us going and get us in there. You know, that's true commitment and, you know, like dedication, really wanting it. So that's where it's at, you know. So there you go, folks. There's some of the things that happens behind the scenes in this, what, you know, we sort of portray as this really, really glamorous industry in a lot of ways, don't we, if we sort of believe the hype. But it's a, it's a tough gig, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, to succeed, you've got to be really committed. You know, you've got to yeah. make lots of sacrifices with your family, with your personal life, with your friends. You know, but it's not just me making those sacrifices. It's every staff member, you know, between the two venues. Yes. You know, the boys in the kitchen start at 9 o'clock in the morning and finish at midnight, four, five, six days a week when mm. we have to, you know. And, um, you know... Look, the front of house, especially since we've, we've, you know, just reopened Estelle, you know, they've been working long and hard as well. You know, they're after night at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, doing cutlery, doing glassware. You know, it's a pretty full-on industry. It's very rewarding, you know, but it's not, uh, you know, there's parts of it that are glamorous, but a lot of it is, you know, uh, sweeping the floor and Slog. taking the bins out and doing all the, you know, the crappy stuff that you just have to get it done, you know. Estelle, is the, uh, the changeover taking place? Yeah, yeah, we're in day 10 now, Cam. It's been, Congrats. it's been really well received, which is good. So we're going to seven dinners. Yeah. You know, so any night of the week, if you want to drop in on the way to Westgarth Cinema and meet your partner or your mates there and sit at the bar or have a quick bite to eat and then go down to the movies or, you know, still a little special occasion until the next one opens next door ESP. So that's about eight, ten weeks away. It's, you know, it's fun. Look forward to that. All right, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, the food that's coming through the, the kitchen. I asked, guy about this before yeah as he was sort of racing out the door to get to his family lunch yeah figs, and figs. i said it wrong when i say feature and he goes no nah, you bloody idiot this figure anyway uh, figs. Figs. yeah i yeah, um, love figs they went on the menu on wednesday all right tell us um what do you love doing with figs because oh, I, I, so many things cam so many <coughs> things we've got it on as a dessert where we're just sort of poaching them gently or well, well really we don't poach we pour a warm syrup onto them Yes. And then we just tear them and then we blowtorch them. Oh. Then we're serving them with a bay leaf and fig oh. leaf ice cream. Fig leaf ice cream? Yeah, yeah, fig leaf infused and bay leaf infused ice cream. Because that's a whole different sort of thing. Yeah, flavour. Same, same but different. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Fig leaf, yeah, yeah. And then we're doing like a little sort of raspberry, dried raspberry, fresh raspberry sort of granola, a little sort of crumble bit. So just figs and granola Bloody and ice cream. Hell. Beautiful. That beautiful. sounds good. I think we're putting a couple of poached cherries on there too. You, you know, know, I had so. um, a, a lovely thing to do is um, get a griller nice and hot. Yeah, cut your figs in half and just yeah. pour a little bit of honey over them, and just yeah. warm the honey and the figs together over yeah. under the griller. That simple. Figs take salty flavours really yeah, well. They that do. contrast. That's yeah, great. Yeah, savoury too. We do them with venison. I've got some venison that I butchered on Thursday. That's been hanging for a couple of weeks. So we do fig and beetroot and venison. You know, go really well. That's wow. sweet savoury notes too, and, and a little earthy. bit of red wine vinegar in the sauce. Beetroot's yeah. earthy too. Isn't yeah, it, it is. That it sort is. of marries that that whole sort of thing. Yeah, that gaminess through, and you know, a little bit of pickled beetroot and, you know, fig chutney is one of my favourite things. Is it really? You know, fig jam. They used to call me fig jam when I was a teenager. <laughs> yes. 
Well, until about yeah, five right. years ago, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess it, it's one of those things that, you know, we celebrate seasons here and um, a, a fig season is, well, when they're sort of nice and cheap, it's pretty fleeting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I've got, well, I always know when it's on. I've got two fig trees in my backyard. I've got a black and black a green fig and a tree. Green. Yeah, one of each. So you get out there and the fight old the Italian. Black birds. Yeah, we put nets up and everything, and then when they start, they're just crazy so we always know when they're ready but our trees are normally a little bit later in the year for some reason I where don't are know they why. at the moment are they late are they here at the moment are, are you yeah picking? they're here they're, yeah. yeah 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 close so look figs have probably been in two three weeks now but, yeah. but maybe a month but ours have just started to come through gotcha uh, another thing if i can just ask you yeah. uh it's the getting towards the the end of stone fruit isn't it yeah it is um, yeah, it is well pine mushrooms came through for the first time this week so no. you know yeah they did really? we got some this week i couldn't believe how early so yeah that's bizarre yeah they weren't too bad and they reckon with this rain that we've had too i got a couple of text messages this week that uh you know the boards will be out picking over the weekend of monday tuesday and so slippery jacks pine mushrooms gray ghosts coming in already <laughs> Okay, let's get back to the stone fruit, though. That's yep. crazy. Yeah, um, okay, so, so but stone fruit, um, any thoughts about uh, stone fruit and what you do with them? It's, again, pretty simple, uh, Again, isn't it? poached it stone fruit, great with ice cream. Um, you know, chutneys and jams and relishes are really good. Again, I love that sweet, savoury, you know, like sort of element to things, whether it's a peach chutney. We're doing peach chutney, mustard seed with the pork jowl at the moment, which is beautiful. Yum. Mm. That sounds kind of good. And we're talking about... Poaching fruit, folks, it's it's not hard. If you look at doing a light sugar syrup, which is one to two. One to two, one to one. Depends how sweet your tooth is. Yeah, okay. But you, if, you, if you can dissolve sugar in water, yeah. you can poach fruit. And don't poach for too long. I think everybody like, thinks like they've got to poach an apricot for 10, 15, 20 minutes. You've oh. only got to do it two, three, four minutes. Oh, come on. And then take it out and just leave it cool in the liquid. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. And uh, something just to think about if you um, you haven't got a lot of shekels in the back pocket. Um, a poached pear is so cheap to do. I mean, you can get pears for about two bucks a kilo. Yeah, yeah great poached pears or dried apricots. If you pour your stock syrup onto dried apricots and yeah. then cover them and then they puff and swell up and they take on the syrup and they rehydrate. Beautiful. Be- Beautiful for breakfast. <laughs> Scotty Piggin, I'm loving that. Okay, um, we're getting towards the end of the show. Mate, congratulations on um, all the stuff you've done, the book that's come out, the work at St. Crispin, the Estelle evolution, mm. shall we call it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And, yeah, more strength here. I'm saying good day to Joe for me. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. He's on holidays, but he's did back. He buy, he's has he got himself a new good. car? <laughs> he did buy a new car, yeah. Oh, good. Did. Okay, he well, did. that's I good. I think he deserves it. So, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah good to hear. He went out and got a glamour car. Yeah, he got a glamour car. I won't, <laughs> won't ask what no, it is. No, no, no. Um, Always good to see you, buddy. Thanks, Cam. What's the name of your book again, if anybody wants to sort of read about the... Scott a Cook Story. SP, a Cook Story. SP. And, uh, Available on the website or at the restaurant and all leading good bookstores. And uh, co-written by your con- by Rita confessor, Reader Early. My confessor, my culinary grandmother. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, 12.59 here on 3RRR. We've got the master of reception. Yes. Socky, he's uh, ready to go. And he'll be joining you. Matt, thank you. Thank you, Cameron. We're back again next week with some more stuff. Indeed we are. We'll figure it out during the did week. You, did you get your album of the week while we were doing that? No, I didn't. Okay, well, maybe, maybe we'll do that later. Scott Pickett, always a pleasure to Cam, see you. Yeah, Maddie, thanks very much for having me. Guys. Lovely, lovely to meet you, Hannah. And, um, yeah, Guy Grassi, always a pleasure too. So, And don't forget that Tomato Festival happening in uh, a couple of weeks' time. First day of autumn, actually. Yeah. One o'clock on the trip. Don't go away. You'd be crazy. This has been a podcast from Free Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.